Legend Factory Pod. Boys, we're back. Podcast five. How was everyone's weekends? Thank, thank you, Bosley. Uh, weekend was was good. Thank you. We obviously uh, all celebrated our great mate uh, Samuel Jenkins' wedding on on Saturday, and and his lovely wife and bride uh, Alex. It was a yeah, fantastic day. I think had by all. So thank you to the Jenkins. It was nice. Okay, well, we've got a photo today, the pina coladas by the beach already. Yeah, they're enjoying married life uh, straight off the bat, the two of them, up in the Sundays, I think it is. So Yeah, Hamilton Island, I think, and then over to Airlie Beach, I, I believe. So Jeez, The dream. What a place. Yeah. It's not that great weather here, is it? Mm-mm. Very cold. And what about yourself, Boz? Did you enjoy yourself on Saturday night? Yeah, I had mm. far too many champagnes. <laughs> I took on a guy who's an elite drinker and, and lost. <laughs> Ma- made a fool of yourself again. Uh, I, I'm impressed by people, women, men who can do that champagne trick with the I uh, have an open throat and can do that. I cannot. Yeah, no. Me, me and champagne <laughs> don't mix too well. I, it's too bubbly for me. Oh, too, it was too good. Much happening. What about what about you, Cheese? Walking around all evening with your with your scotch as an absolute imposter, thinking you're a scotch drinker these days. I think you mentioned to me about three times how much you hate it, but you don't want to. <laughs> You don't want to give up on your Scotch career just yet. Cow- it's a cowardly behaviour. No, well, no, no, no. My my twenty twenty one news New Year's resolution was to start drinking whiskey, and I bought a bottle when I was still residing in in London. Um, and let's just say it was the smokiest bottle of whiskey you've ever tasted. It smelled like it tasted like you'd smoke a deck of darts the next morning when you wake up. And so, at least on Saturday nights, the Shivers Regal that was on tap was um a little bit smoother, a little bit softer. You know um, nothing about whiskey. I know absolutely I think nothing. You should give it up. Mate. <laughs> I know f all. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Why? How long are you gonna punish yourself for? Like how long are you gonna say I'm gonna grit through this for six months, twelve months, forever until you like it? I'll give it 2021, and if I'm still not enjoying it that much, then maybe we'll move on to something else. But, but I th- there's potential to get there though. Yeah, talking about moving on, let's get to the AFO review this week. What are your thoughts, boys? Couple of big wins, couple of big losses. Yeah, some interesting results. I think um, <clears throat> probably. Shock of the round was potentially, obviously, Richmond going down after Boz said Melbourne were the worst <laughs> five and zip team last week. Are we, get, we getting into it early? Yeah. Are we, are we ready for your apology, Liam? You know, we've unfortunately we've uh, been attacked quite heavily on the socials this week, the Legend Factory Pod, and I feel like Liam, you're just a touch too aggressive. Yeah. Um, well, look, the Melbourne faithful last week, so I think you know, based on the feedback that I've had, they're they're looking for their apology. Yeah. Well, who was it really, Jordan Hunt? Scott Dooley, Jack Whelan. Who else was there? Are you going to pay up your bet? Jack, maybe T- Jack Talbot. The only legitimate bets I've got are with Rory, and I'll pay him his slab. That's fair enough. And Jordan, I think I owe him a dinner. But I'm actually going to double down on how shit <laughs> Melbourne is, I reckon, <laughs> because they got us in the perfect spot. There's so many injuries right now. What game of footy. Look, congratulations, they got the win, but I still think they're nowhere. So the Tiggs' depth... Isn't as great as what you thought it was. Is that what you're telling me? Can't handle a couple of injuries. That might be your assumption, Cheese, but we'll just roll on. But let's face it, premierships aren't won in April. No, they're not. Are they? So the Melbourne supporters, it's it's building up a little bit of steam, but let's just check yourself before... If they're peaking now, they're in trouble. Yeah. Speaking of premierships aren't won in April, sports bet have already paid out on bets where Melbourne... Yeah, huge. My assumption is that no one put that bet on. That's why sports bets paid out, and it's purely just a <laughs> marketing campaign or marketing ploy yeah. to make themselves look good. But friends of the show, though, sports bet, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm doubling down on how much they stink. So, 
we'll see what happens. All right. Well, moving on. My um, couple of likes for myself yesterday uh, afternoon. Darcy Parrish obviously won the Anzac Day medal. He was good, wasn't he? He was very solid. I think it was 40, just over 42 maybe, and a couple of goals as well in everything. Looked really good. Yeah, I said to someone yesterday when I was watching the game, uh, like as if Tip and Woody's not going to win this. He's had five, I think he kicked five goals. Then I looked at Parrish's stats. He had 42 and kicked two. Yeah, and I think he had like 10 10 plus clearances or something. So it was a solid, solid effort. My man Nick Cox was very, very tidy as well. Left foot, right foot, for, Looks good, for someone it? that tall, you wouldn't even know the difference. It's incredible. Um, another couple of quick ones for myself. The earlier game, Hawks versus Adelaide, to see two young sort of key forwards go basically head-to-head with Riley Thilthorpe, who on debut uh, kicked five for the Crows. And then obviously down the other end, Justin Jacob, sorry, Kaczynski uh, for the Hawks. He's I'll, average I'll though, isn't he played well. Um, I, I'm not going to say he's a star because he's, he's miles from it. But I'd be he, taking Phil Thorpe. Obviously, you would. But he, that was Kaczynski's fifth game, I think. So to kick five, I think kick five four or five three, and he missed a couple of setters. Sitters, sorry. Um, but I, I just like the back and forth of the key forwards. Mm. I thought it was it, it was an open game, back and forth. It was. How yeah, did the Texan go? One of the legends, Joshy. Yeah, he still I, on top of the Coleman. <laughs> still on. I think he kicked eagle, two. Eagle top. I think. No, I think Mackay is equal with me. No, we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay. okay, I think Sorry. he kicked two. Maybe he, he um, gave off a, a great handball. He was sort of sitting on his ass, back to goal, and basically did like an over the head, round the back handball out the front of the pack where an Adelaide guy ran onto and, and snagged one. Yes. Um, but that was a good kick game. three. Kick three. Apologies. Um, but they, I think they. What about your man Brockman? How did he go? Still resting. Still a bit <laughs> tired from the first few weeks. Omitted. <laughs> Uh, General but I think Adelaide as well, uh, AFL record of uh, 15 goals straight before they kicked their first That was behind. awesome, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. a bit, bit bit shattering actually when the first point went through. You're like, oh, well, that's just ruined it. But they weren't exactly kicking them from, from everywhere. They were all gettable goal, goal squares. <laughs> shots. The Hawks defenders just couldn't man up to save themselves. True, true. And one last one for myself was on Saturday night, uh, Nick Jack Rewalt, sorry, um, his goal where he – from a to pull a terminology from uh, soccer from football, nutmeg the player, then use his left foot to kick it along the ground and slide it through the goal. So I think that was uh, that was pretty good. Okay, like a cheese. Uh, a couple of points for me. I think I've just had a bit, had it up to here with some of the officiating uh, already this year. My one of my bigger bugbears is when a player gets tackled and the ball pops out, not immediately, but the ball pops out and the umpire calls play on. Um, and I know got, they got this thing about wanting to keep the ball in motion and whatnot, but reward the tackler. Like, half the time, they, you know, they've grabbed onto him for long enough for it to be holding the ball, and it's just play on. I just feel like it's a bit unfair on the tackler that's, you know, done the work to wrap the person up, and just because the ball sort of ricochets or pops out doesn't mean that they shouldn't be rewarded. Still got to correct, correctly dispose of them. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't agree more. Like, it's I- incorrect disposal. And, and what I think... On the flow on from that, what I think that annoys me is, I think these days they don't call that; they just call it all holding the ball. Yeah, and, and that I think that frustrates some fans when, like the instance you just given, it's not holding the ball; it's just incorrect disposal. Exactly, and 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 there's other ones where they just put it on the ground or they drop it, and then it's holding the ball. No, no, it's dropping the ball. Like there's, yeah. to me, there's three different mm. rules in play there, and it happens all the time, particularly like deep in defence. You know, the defenders are scrambling so hard to stop and kick a goal, laying. 
decent enough tackles, there's incorrect disposals, and then one of their small forwards will pick it up, crumb it, goal, and you're just like, where's the justice in the mm. world? So but Sometimes as well, if they say like it's to keep the play moving, sometimes that tackle, the ball just drops to the ground again, gets picked up by someone else, gets tackled again. So you pay the free kick. Get it going. Get mm. it out of the back line. Exactly get it right. moving. We'll go yeah. shot for goal. So. Um, my blues are in all sorts. Uh, they, <laughs> they are yep. in all sorts. The pressure is mounting on David Teague. Um, and frustratingly, he keeps coming out at post-match press conferences saying the same thing, that he believes in the team. Um, and it's hard to believe that, that you know, he can be that steadfast in, in defence of the team when, you know, they produce really poor defensive effort each week. So... I don't know. I think... What do you do, Buxy? What, what can you do? Well, I <laughs> don't know why, but they've they've hired old mate John okay. Walsfold to come in, who basically was running Essendon into the ground over there and thinking that, you know, he's going to be the white knight or the, you know, the magic pill that really helps the team get going. So we'll see. But I think the next three weeks are telling. I think they've got um, the Demons, they've got Jeez. the Bulldogs, and they've got Essendon this week. Mm. If they lose to Essendon this week... Yeah, it could be a loss. It could be five in a row losses and, and David Teague's in a lot of strife. But there are some positives for the Blues. Sam Walsh is, I believe he's on the way to maybe his first All-Australian jacket. He's been excellent mm. so far to start the year. And big Harry Mackay is really coming of age. I think he kicked 27 last year for the year and he's already got 22 in six games. So He can play. Um, he's and doing well, big Harry. So Saturday was like, well, yesterday was his second big bag of the year, wasn't it? He's kicked yeah. a seven and kicked a six. In, when he kicked the seven, he probably should have had ten. Um, so he's he's doing well. And that's with Carlton, I think they said on the TV or, or I've read somewhere that um, they've got like the worst inside 50 delivery uh, in the comp. So if you imagine him in a team where players can actually kick him the ball... Mm. Um, you know, he's pretty tough matchup. Like, similar to Joe Danaher, they're just so tall and mark the ball at a high point and they're just very difficult to defend. Yeah. I'm actually really loving the AFL at the moment. Just the, the big forwards are back in vogue and there's so many youngsters coming through. It's exciting to see. Yeah, ben agree. King was excellent as well. But who do we think, question for the for the group, who's going to win the Coleman? Jeez. Uh, Jack Rewell? He's not Jack. far off. <laughs> what? No, nah, it's got to be Harry or Tex at the moment. I can't, can't go past those two. Yeah, it's hard to say. I think if, if Adelaide keep playing the attacking brand of football that they are playing and, and stay, although they, yes, they lost to the Hawks yesterday who aren't good, but they're not out of form. No. But if, if they fall in the hole, Tex will fall in the hole as well, I think. But if they, they keep floating along nicely, I think, yeah, Tex will be hard to beat. Um, Tom Hawkins, maybe. Now, I know Ke- Jezza Cameron's playing again, but that will uh, open up. The Hawkins might get the second best mm. defender, um, so it could be a bit easier for him, or just another point of point of yeah person to look for inside forward fifty. What about Toby Green? What are three or four weeks he's had? He he's got a head only a mother could love, but he's a superstar, an absolute superstar. I watched Friday night with um, my in laws, mad mad Bulldogs fans, and they cannot stand him. Mm. And I somewhat get it because I said I. I Faces ahead only, ahead only a mother could love, but he's I a jet. love him. He's an absolute mm. jet. He's a jet. He gave um that bloke uh, number ten for Bulldogs, Eastern Wood. Eastern Wood, yeah. He gave him a clip over the years. We made him earn that mark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's, he's I mean, a player you love to watch oh, yeah. play footy, though. But I tell you what, it's it's a hard year for footy. Like you were saying before, like you know you want Carlton to get back on track. And I was looking at Richmond's um you know next three or four games as well, and 
there's not many easy games mm. in the AFL this year. Like, of course, Unless you're playing. Uh, yeah, you got North boys Melbourne. down at Arthur yeah. Street, <laughs> but <laughs> and that's that's the point I do have. I made an earlier prediction prediction this year, which is coming true every week, and that I did, I thought North Melbourne might not win a game this whole year, and it's it's proven it's proven pretty good. They're so looking look, grim. Yeah, they look further away they're now paying, than ever. They're paying seventeen dollars to win this week against Melbourne. <laughs> I've <laughs> never seen it in a head to head. I said it last week at twelve 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 fifty. I never heard that. It's seventeen dollars. It's a fifty percent chance that well. What's the what's now, the line? Oh, I didn't even look. I was just. I might even put a. I might put a cheeky one on there, but I can't see them getting past uh, Melbourne. Another, another. You're gonna put some money on North Melbourne. Well, you know we're a gambling show too, Josh. You just said that they're not going to win a game, and then all of a sudden you. <laughs> well, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? I think uh, a dislike for myself. Um, doubling down on my call from a couple of weeks ago when. Um, Hold I on s- a second. I've just checked the line. Fifty-seven and a half points. Ten goals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jim. <laughs> Jim, Jim, Jim. Oh, oh that's bad. Um, yeah, I was saying, doubling down on my call a couple of weeks ago when I said uh, St Kilda are, are rubbish and, and get rid of them, ship them off. I mm. Obviously, they did come back and they beat, beat the Eagles from five or six goals down. I bit, bit, bit of a bit of pie on my face uh, that Saturday evening. Uh, but they are they are woeful. They are mm. absolutely woeful. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's, it's similar to Carlton. Like there's the players, they've got some talent in there, but they're just not playing well that was my playing question. well together. That was my Defensive question. Defensive effort just yeah, not there. Question to the group was do we think that possibly a lot of good teams like Geelong in 06, they were up 04, 05, had a shock 06, come out and win the grand final in 07. I think Tigs were much the same in 2016, didn't play too well, come out and win 2017. Is it possible this is St Kilda's year where they have the dip and then come out next year? Yeah, but Richmond weren't good before that. Okay, bad example, but Geelong. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't it, it's quite often a team is okay going in the right mm. direction, have, have a dip for a year and then next year come out. I'm not, I'm not saying St Kilda will. I was, just, I was really just singing out loud. They're, they're missing some key... Players like no, having nothing in the ruck for the last five or six weeks, and then you know the players like Jay Gresham are also oh. out. Like them, but it's more about it, the intent. You know, I just don't see them. You know, as manic in pressure as what they were last year when they were you know doing really well and and causing some upset. So, and they and went and recruited like for the now, like yeah. the Paddy Ryder, the Hanbury. Those guys. Fred Crouch. Yeah. Hanbury can't get on the field. Correct. So I thought last year and this year were their years, but I think if they can't make it work this year, it's going to be tough. But well, I think they're the oldest list in the comp. Yeah. So I said they've recruited for the now. They have to win now. If it's not this year or next year, you think almost unfortunately their window shut. Yeah, exactly. Possibly. But it's, it's a good year. It's a good AFL year. Yeah. I'm enjoying footy. Apart from um, Collingwood, they are... They, they're shot. Where, where are we on the uh, on the Swans now? Come uh, back to earth a little bit. Who knows? Yeah, I, I think I said that a few weeks ago as well. I think obviously they're they're young players, looking amazing, playing well, look like absolute world beaters. But they're eighteen. Like you can't expect first year players to come out and play that well twenty two weeks of the season. No, it's a long year. Um, so yeah, yeah but also like obviously I think Buddy was out and a few other guys were out. Um, so yeah, interesting to see. So question for you. Right now, having a look at the ladder, there are two teams in the eight on three wins, and there are two teams on the eight outside the eight on three wins, and then everyone bar Collingwood or North Melbourne is on two wins. So realistically, your St Kilda's of the world is sitting third last, 
are only one win out of finals contention. Who can't make finals this year? A St Kilda can't. Their percentage is shot. Their percentage is... Who's the other team? Collingwood, North Melbourne, St Kilda, Hawthorne, GWS, Carlton, Essendon, Gold Coast, West Coast, Adelaide. Who can't make finals? Hawthorne can't. I don't think St Kilda can. Uh, GWS won't. They Yes, they won two in a row and they were competitive for three quarters on Friday, but that that's lockdown football. That like if you look at their games, I think they maybe against the Swans week before they won what seventy to sixty nine or something. Mm. So they're not going to kick a score to win. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I can't see them winning enough games. So right now you're saying based on the side sitting outside, the only ones that can make it are West Coast. Yep, because they play because they play in Perth. Enough. Adelaide. No. So pretty much, what about the Blues? God no, absolutely not. Okay, so you <laughs> so you're saying <laughs> so you're saying the only change we're going to see to the eight now is West Coast in and a side out, potentially. Uh, and I think so that side Frio, will be Frio, Frio or Sydney. Sydney make it, do they? Yep, in my opinion, Frio no. That's what I'm saying. I so smash them. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the, the, if, if I have to say, they Frio and Sydney are the two on the bubble. I think, and so that okay. could be West Coast and the Blues might get hot. The Blues won't get hot. Adelaide could stay rem- warm. You've got to remember Carlton have... That, yes, they've had four losses. Collingwood, Collingwood was a bad one. But in the last but couple... Adelaide, Brisbane... For me... For, yeah, yeah, two good prelim distance. finals. Yeah, yeah. To be prelim honest, finals last year. For me, just it's simple. Eagles come and in. Richmond. We've played th- three of the four that finished in the top four last year. It's, e- it's easy. It showed nothing. Oh, you too. Frio goes... Can we mute his microphone? <laughs> Frio goes out. West Coast come in. I think that's the only change. Sydney make it. Yep. I need another week or two on Sydney to see no. if, if their red hot start was. They've won four games. Same, same. Gold Coast won four games in the first six or whatever last year yep. and then died in the arse. Yep. That's what happens to young sides. Sydney won't make it. Okay. Unless Buddy comes back and kicks 10 every week. No way. It's, the, it's there for the Blues to sneak in if they can go oh. on a run for mine. Were you Every setting for that? Que- you were setting it up for that question. That answer, were you? Yes. No, I'm not. Look no. at the smirk on his face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's change tune a bit. We've got um, we're going around the grounds. We're going to talk to the boys about um, their favourite sports stories of the week. Oh yes. So, Joshy, you want to start us off? Uh, no, I'll go last. You go last. Yeah. All right. Do you want me to start? I thought the pr- production meetings that I was going to go last, so we could roll into another second. Okay, I'll go second last. Okay, I'll go first. So. This is, we're, I mean, we're a big UFC show, but the boys here don't enjoy it as much as I do. But today so what, what about that means that we're a big UFC <laughs> show? Because I enjoy it enough for everyone. <laughs> and you're the dictator of the, the ultimate podcast. Fighting, the ultimate fighting championship. They had a big event on the weekend, and they had a really interesting stat. And we watched it pre-pod, the guy who broke his leg. That was but it's, horrible. But it's not about him. It's about the guy who fought. He's the first guy in UFC history to win a fight without throwing a single leg kick or punch. First time ever. What? Yeah, didn't even throw a punch. So how did he win? The, the guy, guy broke his leg. Broke his leg. Yeah. How, how many seconds into the fight? 17 seconds. Oh, well, of course. I know, but it's it's one of the stats where I liked. Okay, fair enough. Not, not a fan of that. <laughs> well, it's... 17 seconds in, of course he hasn't really done much. Right, they've just jostled a little bit and had a look at each other and then bang, his leg snapped. I'm off you blokes. 
But Go on, Josh. That, You're that, that leg snap was disgusting. Well, I didn't want to roll with that because I know you're a bit squirmish about that sort of stuff. I, okay. mate, I, can't, I can't stomach anything like that at all. Uh, my story of the week involves uh, one of the fellow pod members' beloved teams. You're kidding. And they've had a hard week, the Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> the Tottenham Hotspur have had one of the weeks from hell. First up, they signed on to the Euro Super League, which lasted about two days. Who knows how they got onto that league, by the way. But. Yep. Then they had to, yeah, I know, they got, had the golden ticket to get on there. Um, you know, Just pick it back in on everyone else. Exactly right, yeah. Then they've had to come out and apologise to their fans. Then they've sacked their manager. Um, Jose out. Yeah, under a shroud of mystery. There are some saying that, you know, there was the players basically went to the chairman and said he needs to go. There are other stories saying that um, he refused to go out to training if Tottenham were going to compete in the Euro Super League. But either way, the week of a final, they're in the League Cup final, they've sacked their manager, which can't be good preparation, can it? That's trash behaviour. Mm. Typical Tottenham. Under, and then they've, under, underachieving. And then they've rolled into the, Euro, into the League Cup and you know, tried to hold it together for 90 minutes and <laughs> man, managed to have one scored against them in the last hey, 10 we got minutes. 80, we got 82 minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a break. And the search for a... Cup or trophy of some kind continues for Spurs. Have you got how many? Years? When was the last time Cheese Spurs won something? We won. We won the Audi Cup in the preseason tournament in 2019. That was two, that's two years ago. <laughs> no, we won the. Um, we won the. That was a preseason comp. Bobs didn't mean anything. The last trophy we won was the uh, 2008 League Cup. Jonathan Woodgate, man of my heart, basically did like the Palo goal of God, hand of God goal into the net against Chelsea and. Even more interesting, they've recently had a new sponsor come on board. Duolux. <laughs> I told you about this. Okay, would you like to tell our, our beloved listeners about what happened with Duolux? No. Go on, Chase. Duolux made a, uh, a rather large gaffe, let's just say that. and uh, upon It's called a, known goal, some might say. A, 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 upon announcing the sponsorship... Jewelox basically stuck the knife in Spurs' back and put up a photo of a, a freshly painted, empty trophy cabinet saying, <laughs> you sponsorship this <laughs> I think it lasted maybe 24 hours before they had to take it down and apologise. But So their new sponsor had to apologise for the social media gaffe that they And made. they wouldn't even be paying them that much. It wouldn't cost much to be a sponsor at Tottenham either. No. I reckon they just had to paint the, sh- paint the change rooms and they got in. <laughs> <laughs> so it hasn't been a good week to be a Spurs fan. <laughs> Too soon. I was up at I was up at one thirty this morning on a Sunday night, Monday morning. I didn't. I don't need this garbage from you, Dave. Couple of tins of paint. Oh, that's my ra- that's my that's my around the ground. They painted they painted Jose's home too. Now he's gone. Mate, we've got the world's best stadium. Um. Get your Dulux paint out of the changing room. Thank you very much. Um, anyway, what do you got for my, us? I'll, I'll, I'm shook after that. <laughs> um, <laughs> rabble, my, rabble of an organisation. Shocker. My around the grounds is um, my uh, my initial, probably my initial NFL or American football boy, um, Jameis Winston. So I picked him up when he was at Florida State. <coughs> Came out uh, not last year, but the season before, where he threw thirty for thirty, 
and for I think over five thousand yards that he basically can't see. After the <coughs> in the off season, had to have LASIK eye surgery to make sure he could actually see moving forward. During the week when he was practicing with a, a mentor or a coach, he on he was down one end of the basketball court, had his eyes shut. The the coach pointed his front hand in the direction of the ring. Jameis takes a step back, comes forward, throws the NFL ball, nothing but net to the other end of the basketball court with his eyes closed. So that basically proves you he didn't need the LASIK surgery. That's why he was... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For those... uh (laughs) And you wanted to go last for that. We're rolling into the next segment. All right, boss. Next time we uh, go to a basketball court, why don't we just get a full-size NFL ball in your hand, which you probably couldn't even hold. He's a professional quarterback. Eyes closed the whole court. Nothing but net, mate. He's going to tear the NFC a new one until they come up against the Bucks. If if you're listening at home, stay with us, please. It'll get better. We'll put put this video (laughs) up on the socials as well because it's it's, it's very interesting to see. Jeez, all right. We'll move on, I guess. Uh, We're going to talk about – we're going to stick with NFL. Draft week is upon us, boys. Yep. NFL draft, it's one of our favourite times of the year. I think 10 uh, a.m. 10 a.m. Boz and I are coming to the factory to uh, settle in for the day and, and watch the draft. Absolutely. Hopefully we see a bit of drama, a bit of trading up for quarterbacks and, and whatnot. So what, what we're going to do is um, there's potentially five quarterbacks going into the top five this year, depending on how, obviously. Top first round. First, yeah, first round. round, yeah. And we're going to talk about who we think is going to have the better career, right? Better career, first year, first year performance and better career overall. So, Joshy, you want to kick us off? Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of who I thought would have the best first year, I'm high on Justin Fields going to San Fran, the 49ers. Yep. And Kyle Shanahan, the coach, is an offensive wizard, and he could get him going like that. And I feel like he's going to mortgage the offensive rookie of the year. Yep. My my answer to that was whoever gets drafted by the 49ers, just because of they're a decent team. Yeah, they struggled last year because they had a truckload of injuries on both sides of the ball. But they made a Super Bowl a season and a half ago. Um, so they should be, you'd think, once the team's re- fresh and ready to go, whoever, whatever QB gets there, Kyle will just put him under his wing and say, thanks for coming, take us to the, the glory land. Yeah, it's a good call. I, one thing I didn't like, what I heard last week, was uh, there's rumours that Zach, Zach, Zach Taylor, isn't it? Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, sorry. He was um, calling ex-Jets quarterbacks to see what the organisation was like, mm. which I don't know how to take that. I don't know if that's good or that's bad or... What it is, but I'm not sure about that. But my, I mean, my what does it matter to him? He goes where he gets drafted, unless yeah. he's going to pull a John Elway, yeah, or, or Eli. Eli Manning, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my guys, it's obvious. Trevor Lawrence, I think, will have the best first year and best career just because of the organization he's going to, and they haven't been traditionally good. But I think Urban will have the reins there. I think he'll be able to pull the strings he wants. I think Did he'll you be listen able to, to the last podcast. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> I think it'll be like a, a Bill Belichick situation where. He can draft who he wants to draft. He can get who he wants to get. He can, you know, do the plays he wants to do. And I think you're, you're putting a lot of stock, and I'm not against it. He's obviously a great coach, but you're putting a lot of stock in a guy who's been a great coach at the college level, which True. is very different to the NFL. At college, and, and obviously coached at Ohio State, one of the ma- and I think Florida Gators before that. So mm-hmm. two, of the, two of the main... Everywhere he's gone, he's 
one. I'm not. I know. I know that. I get that. I understand that. But I we all know Florida Gators and Ohio State are two of the biggest. I get your point too. Like you look at a guy like Nick Saban couldn't make it work in the NFL. But so Nick Saban didn't didn't try for that long. Yeah, and that was that was maybe the issue. I think the good thing about Urban is he, like he's a mentor of men, so he's not necessarily the most skilled. Maybe he is. I don't know. Don't know that that well. But you know, he's he's not the an offensive wizard or anything like that. What he he does well is he motivates. Uh, men, and if you can have the right people around him, I think that then you know it's only going to help Trevor Lawrence become yeah. a superstar. Which I think Lawrence has got the best long term ceiling. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think um, and they got money. Like, I think they got a like hundred million to spend. Yeah, but like, I think my, my look point at the Browns, right? You, 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 all you do is you hit on the quarterback. I mean, Baker's good player, not a superstar. You hit on the quarterback. You know, you hit on defensive end and a, a decent quarter corner. Sorry, and then. You can start padding your team out through yeah. a free What's agency. Like, what are like yeah. the three yeah. rules? Quarterback, protect the quarterback, and then get to the quarterback. Yeah, so pretty like, much, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I agree. I think Trevor, as, as I said last week as well, he's been, he's been the protege of NFL drafted quarterbacks for the last five years since he came out of high school. Um, I just – yeah, I don't know. I just – going from, as I said, going from a collegiate coach where you basically – Ohio State of Florida, you get the best intake of – players at a high school every year to work with mm. to go into NFL where it's a lot more competitive. You don't get that luxury of having the best team year in, year out. It could be interesting, but well, I still think, I think Trevor will be good. I think Zach Wilson, I think going to Jets, he might surprise a few people because like obviously he had a good year th- this year, but a lot of times that might not work in the step mm. up to the NFL. Um, but yeah, I just don't like, don't like the fact he's calling around. See what the organisations. Like. Who did he call? They've had no quarterbacks. He's called Mark Sanchez, the franchise Sanchez. He had a, he, he got him to the conference final, mate. Did he call Fitzmagic? I wouldn't have thought. I think he <laughs> called um, who's the other guy, the blonde-headed guy who's been in every team. Fitzmagic, uh, no McCowan. Uh, Josh, oh, Josh McCowan. Josh McCowan. I think he called him too. So, okay, we'll see. We shall see. But he's uh, he's already sponsored by Chipotle. He's got his own taco. Who Trev? A, yeah, no, uh, Zach Wilson. So Chipotle is a friend. I'd love my own taco. Yeah, it's like a Mexican <laughs> chain store. And he's got his own Chipotle taco. Chicken, beef. It'd be fish. simple. <laughs> cheese, four cheese. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we've got a new segment this week, which the boys uh, are going to battle it out. The great debate. I'm going to bring up some topics and these boys are going to debate away. And if they don't agree, then I might have to be the... The judge in this situation, but um, basically, I'll just bring up a few topics, and the boys will either agree, disagree, and we'll move on to the next one. So the first one I've got is a simple one. So it should, geez, it should. I don't know. You guys might have different takes on this, but number one, Brownlow favorite. Cheese can start for me. I'm just going to double down again with my uh, Hugh McCluggage call from the start of the year. Uh, Lockie Neal's out for eight to ten weeks. And where where do the insides put their focus? Dane Zorko. Ooh, good call. Everyone but Hugh McCluggish. No, no, that, I, that was a joke. I he's think playing well. but He's playing well, no. but he's, he's not definitely not Brownlee's favourite. I actually, I think um, Bont and Valley. Bont, he, he's a superstar. I know like Jack McRae might be averaging 36, 37. Dunkley like, averaging over 30. But Bont, Bont might, I've got his stats, he's averaging 26, 570 metres gain. Averaging sort of over a goal a game. He, he might not get all the touches the other ones get, but he's he's an impact 
player that the umpires notice and he's tall, rangy and, and, and just fans notice him as well and he's a superstar. So at my at this point in time, my pick is, yeah, Bond, but I obviously am and quietly cheering for McCluggage. Okay, fair call. I um, had the Bond as well, but I couldn't split Bond and Christian Petrarca. Uh, so I'm going to go with Petrarca just for, by way of the segment to keep it interesting. Um, I think that unfortunately with the Bont, there's probably too many of those midfielders taking votes off him. And at times he's had to be pushed forward, which yes, he's kicking goals, which is good. But we know it's a midfielders award. And I think that Petrarca is starting to elevate himself to be the clear best player at Melbourne. Yep. Yep. And Gorn and uh, Clayton Oliver, very good as well. But Petrarca just makes things happen and his athleticism is just awesome. He can do it all and he kicks goals as well. And I just feel like he's well on his way to probably becoming the the best player in the comp. A lot of people are saying he's the the new Dusty, sort Mm. of powerful, somewhat built like him, stands out, can do everything. Yep. Um, Yeah. So, and and he said, like, I don't follow Melbourne closely, but yeah, Gorn and Oliver. I yeah. could I couldn't name I couldn't name another four players in Melbourne. I think team. Josh makes a good point about people taking votes off Bond. Like Josh Bruce kicks ten, he's going to get three votes that game. Yeah, you know, so Melbourne don't have yeah they've got like Max Gorn and they've got uh, Clayton Oliver, but they don't really have a power forward. They don't have I mean their back line's good, but. I mean, it's not a backman's award like we spoke about. Yeah. So, yeah. no, Petrarca kicks the ball a lot as well, which sta- which stands That's out. It, yeah, he's also had same amount of goals as Bont, and Bont's been playing more exclusively forward. Um, you talk about him; he averages a goal assist a game, which is elite. He averages ten score involvements a game, which is elite. Six clearances, seven inside fifty. So he's you know someone that. He's just really at the top of his game at the moment. Do you do you have the paid for AFL app version? Because I didn't have all those stats on my app. <laughs> no, I did not. Okay, cool. It's just off the top of his head, I think. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'll give that one to Josh. Uh, on for Josh. I, I, I agree. I think Petraka <laughs> and Bonner. Why did you say Bont then? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, 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 what I'm saying is they're the two for me that okay. at this point in time. Let's all go. right, number two. Best NFL draft, draft prospect. Joshy, you can start. Yeah, for me, um, I love a good quarterback, but I think, you know, quarterbacks, obviously a lot's got to go right for the quarterback to be, um, you know, realise their potential. They've got to have the right system. They've got to have the right personnel around them because there's plenty of big, plenty of good quarterbacks that have come into the league um, from a scouting perspective and haven't done well. So I'm going to go a little bit more safe here. I'm going to say Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just the size, measurables... Speed, ability to catch the football. I think he's just going to be a difference maker. I, I can't argue. That's Same. I had Kyle Pinsler and Denzel, yeah. Nice. He, he's, a, he's a freak. Absolute freak. Yeah. I think he's going to be the best player in the draft. Like, player. Yeah. I, I think a load of experts has come out and said that as well. Like, take away the quarterbacks. He's, yeah, the best all round. I am hearing good things about my boy, Penne. See you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> next one. This is a contentious one. People all over the globe, they 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 debate this one: Messi or Ronaldo? Cheese. It's, like it's it's actually it's outrageously tough, tough mm. to split these two. They, I, I, I personally, I know I have to because for the segment, but I don't think you should split them. You should just 
bask in the glory of how good yeah, these been two so have lucky, been right? for 15 years. I think incredible. I, I think the difference is though, like you've, you've, you might hold certain trophies or individual accolades yep. higher than Josh. Yeah, so I mean? that that's so for me, technical ability player. Messi is the better player, but I choose Ronaldo purely for his, his worth ethic. Work ethic. Sorry, uh, came out wrong. Um, the fact that he's obviously uh, just goes above and beyond day in day out with absolutely everything, uh, and also the fact he's been he's sampled different legs. Played obviously for Sporting Lisbon in Portugal, which we might not count as much of that, but then obviously went to United. Yeah, it took a couple of, couple of years to warm up, but these last two or three seasons there was outrageous. Madrid, the stats speak for themselves. You don't have to go into much detail. And then at the age of 34, 33, moving to Juventus in the Italian league, still absolutely dominating over there as well. Whereas for me, Messi's obviously been one club, which is great, uh, but hasn't done it. In the Premier League, uh, which we all sort of know or think of as the the best league in in the world. Mm. Again, I uh, tend to agree with Cheese. This is becoming a bit of a fizzer segment, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only thing I can add there is, and I, I was big on the fact that you know Ronaldo has been to multiple leagues and shown he can do it. You know, in in um, uh, multiple teams. He's also got a great international scoring record, I believe, with which Messi left a little bit to be desired at international and level. And won, won the Euros a couple in of times, 20, 2016. Yep. yep. But the thing I love most about Ronaldo versus Messi is that Ronaldo's athleticism is just awesome. Pace, um, you know, the way you see some of the photos of him jumping, jumping to head yeah. balls. Uh, he's just awesome. Uh, and I feel like he's a bit hard done by because... He hasn't been like the media darling that that Messi has. Like everyone loves Messi because he sort of seems like the average Joe off the street, you know, and that in Barcelona are always like the good club, you know, whereas Real Madrid are the, you know, the... the Florentino as the president. Yeah, mega rich, you know, glitz and glamour club. So there has been a bit of a media narrative across the years that favours Messi, and I think that's maybe why he's won more Ballon d'Ors. Um, whereas for me, Ronaldo, I think the career he's made for himself slightly shades Messi. And I think this is a really like um, uh, our generation type of thing, but in terms of popularity, Ronaldo is far more popular. Oh yeah, than, uh, Messi. I think he's the most followed person well, I think he's on got, Instagram. I think he's got 80, 80 million more followers than Messi, which you might think is a stupid stat, but it means something that you know he's a popular dude. More yeah. popular than Messi, so he's 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 a very marketable person. He yeah, basically chiseled out of rock. I think Great that's probably too. why, right? Like the, the the split of males to females that that follow Ronaldo versus <laughs> Messi, you know, you can see why. Maybe As Josh said, Messi could walk down the road and like we would know him, but yeah. the average Joe wouldn't. Whereas Ronaldo couldn't walk down the road and everyone would know who he was. Yeah, agree. All right, number four, early Super Bowl prediction. Yeah, um, Chase took the words out of my mouth before and named the San Fran 49ers. Uh, and I think that exactly what he said before is they were riddled with injuries. They went from the number one defense in the league to a bit of a rabble defensively, unfortunately. They were okay in patches, but I think that once they gain those injuries back, they'll start to become like a powerhouse again. I like what they've done in terms of recruiting. They've got a couple of uh, Brandon Ayuk and... You know, they've got a decent running back core as well. And I think if they add a Justin Fields, that gives them more options 
um, to run the ball, then I think that they could be a very sneaky chance to win. Okay. Chase, got anything different to that? I'm going to keep it simple and, and go with the Bucks, my boys. Um, reigning Super Bowl champions absolutely dismantled the Chiefs. Um, they've brought back all 22 starters. So for those who don't know what that means, is there's 11 players who play on defense and 11 who play on offense, and they brought back all of them who started in the Super Bowl. Obviously, some people can say, well, they haven't re-signed Antonio Brown, who probably technically is a starter but didn't start on the actual field. Um, <coughs> I also think that means come draft day, although they might only have the 32nd pick being, being the champions, they're very flexible. They, they can do what they want. They can literally pick the best player available rather than having to pick a player who might fit a need or fill a need, sorry, and, okay, we need someone to tackle or we need someone at wide receiver. They can go, okay, this bloke is a jet. No one else didn't. He could have gone 10 or 15 rounds earlier, but because X team needed a Y, Y person, blah, 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 um, he was still on the board. Mm. Uh, so I think they can only get better. And I think coming down the stretch last year as well, like, I think it was up until like round eleven. They might have been seven and four, and sort of just just ticking along. Mm. But after their buy, they came home hot, and a lot of the players. And I know that what you hear from inside the camp, it may don't always take it with a grain of salt. But they said we're we're just getting to know each other. We're just starting to hum. Give us another ten games. I and there's still ten games is round four next year. They could be clicking and firing on all cylinders. So before I give my judgment, Josh. If they go with anyone but Justin Fields, does your prediction change? Yes. Okay. I think Cheese wins that one. Just throwing throwing Mac Jones under the bus. Mm, Yeah. I I think... uh, I think think, think Garoppolo can do just as good a job as Mac Jones. I think Justin Fields... Something else. Yeah, offers a bit more. Yeah, I think the Bucs win it again. If it's up to me. But does Brady... Finally drop off the cliff. That's a freak. That <laughs> just asks Mark, Max Kellerman. He's been saying that for years. Yeah, but does it... Fi- it's going to happen... Uh, the time kicks in. It has to happen sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be one of those shows that has to eat their words when he wins another Super Bowl. Oh, you, he, ate, he, your, you ate your words about the, the, the demons about No, I doubled down on them. <laughs> I think if Tom <laughs> listens to the show, it'll put more of a chip on his shoulder to go out and win it again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's tag TV12 in our, in, in our next Insta post <laughs> and see if he responds. But I, I think even if he does decline a little bit, which very well could happen because the man's almost 90, mm-hmm. their defense is so good. Like look, like, look at the way they just manhandled Mahomes in, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but injuries are a mm. funny thing, Cheese. Look at the 49ers last yeah. year. Yeah, true, 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 true. So next one. Is this is going to hurt one of the uh, one of the members? Is Johnny Manziel the biggest NFL bust in history? Silly topic. I'll let Cheese go first. Silly topic. Let Cheese go first. Just to wind up, Josh. Yes, yes, he is. He was uh, obviously a Heisman Trophy winner at Texas A and M, where we visited. Mm. Uh, basically, in people's minds, God, and they're very religious down there in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, He's the only shirt you can buy in the Texan A&M store is a Johnny Manziel jersey. You can't buy anyone else's jersey. Jeez. Um, goes, gets drafted to Cleveland, pick 21, was it? Give 22, or take? 22, 23. Um, yeah. What, 2015 or it's 2016? It's hard to imagine he's a bust considering he's a late first round pick when, you know, it's, it's still a raffle whether they're going to be any good or not. No need to get defensive. Um, but obviously some off-field 
activities that Johnny likes to indulge in really curtailed his career. Maybe maybe made five or six, seven starts, didn't really do a lot with it, and I think it was out of the league after three years. Mm, Very good take, Cheese. What do you have to say about that, Josh? Well, I think it's a silly topic, you know. There, There have been numerous number one draft picks, overall draft picks, that have done nothing in the league. Go on. Johnny at least had the talent to be a good enough at least had the talent to be a good enough NFL quarterback. Unfortunately, he wasn't in the right headspace when he was wearing um, disguises in Vegas, so <laughs> no one would notice who he is. <laughs> I think he wore a wig and a moustache and sunglasses in so Vegas. Wasn't he, he was injured that game, wasn't he? And yeah, was he was meant to be, to be in the stand yeah. at Cleveland, but he was, he was in Vegas. Vegas. So, look. He, he had some competing priorities at the time, old Johnny. But, <laughs> competing uh, yeah. priorities. I think on the whole, he wasn't the most talented player to play in the NFL. And, you know, maybe he wasn't going to be a long-term um, good quarterback, but he could play the position well enough. You know, if he was a – you know, if he had the, the mind of a Tom Brady or, you know, one of the quarterbacks who take it really seriously, <laughs> he'd, probably, he'd, st- he'd probably still be on a list – you know yeah, that he's yeah. got he's got you know Robert Griffin the thirds on a list and yeah much the same average yeah yeah I think I think actually uh, over the weekend or not too long ago Johnny was actually back in um, College Station um, was yep. yeah yeah so, I'll give I that said, one to choose oh, have <laughs> you given one. any to me yet Well, you might get the next one Will Tiger Woods win another major Short and sharp no cooked in the mind and the body Cheese. Agree. No. Uh, prior to the Masters in 2019, I think his previous uh, major win was 2008. So clearly shows that was an absolute outlier. And agree. Cool. Unfortunate though. I would love him to get close. LeBron or MJ? Go on, Chase. I'm just going to say MJ. Um, not a massive basketball fan, but watched The Last Dance and just loved his mindset and just mentality of no one is going to ever, ever be better than I am because I am the best ship off everyone else. Well, I might as well disagree. LeBron. And here's why. <laughs> I think LeBron is, uh, again, we talked about the Messi and Ronaldo media narrative. LeBron's been up against it from the day he started in the NBA. He was a, He's a legitimate athletic freak. He can play all five positions on the court. Michael Jordan basically played one or two positions. And he can play all five pretty well, to be honest, as well. He's an incredibly gifted passer of the ball, much better passer of the ball than what MJ was. He's, As I mentioned, his ability to play all of the positions make him a freak defensively as well. Now, Michael was a very good defensive player. Um, but I think just LeBron, LeBron's versatility makes him much more um, desirable in my, in my mind. And then I think, obviously, he's a, he's a gun on offense as well. Maybe not the pure scorer that, that Michael was, but, you know, he's the, the all-round game he's got makes him, you know, probably very undervalued in, in my mind. If you take out the media narrative and just have a look at the pure ability, I think he has more ability than Jordan. Yeah, I think he's going to finish with potentially most points, most well, not most assists, but most yep. points, a lot of the records basically before his career is in. And I think... He has a challenge that Jordan didn't have with social media and Absolutely. all that stuff in today's jo- Jordan Jordan perfectly timed the commercialism of the sport and became the first absolute, you know, like commercial superstar in, in the NBA. 
And then he became an absolute darling because of that. You know, he won six straight and everything that goes with it. You forget he had Scotty Pippen, he had Dennis Rodman, you know, he had good players around him. Yeah, but LeBron, and he, and he, LeBron's had good players no, hold, everywhere hold, he goes as well. Hold he he on. brings good players with him. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that That's what he you just had, said. No, if you let me finish, right? He had good players around him, which means that it wasn't all on his own back that, that he won all of those titles, right? So, yes, whilst amazing achievement, being able to win six titles or whatever, it wasn't MJ versus everyone else. But then LeBron just gets cut down all the time because he continually keeps, you know, moving teams and trying to create a super team and things like that to get titles. So people say that, oh, you've done it the wrong way, whereas Jordan, you know, was with the one team the whole yeah, time. super team from day yeah. one. Yeah, so it was just the, me- the media narrative has really driven the difference between the two players, both incredible. Yeah. I just think that if I was picking a prototype of a type of player that I want, it would be LeBron. I, I, I think you said it perfectly at the start as well, like, my opinion, any any player that came up as the next player after MJ was always going to be in for Doomed. shit. Because no yeah. one wants no. Uh, MJ eclipsed. No, exactly. Because he's this mythical god from the 90s yeah. um, when everyone re- remembers basketball in its purest form, you yeah. know? Yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree with that point. I love LeBron. Space Jam 2 is going to be great. Do I win that one? in the trailer? You won that one, Josh. Oh. Here See, it is. Once again, just copying MJ. Why doesn't he come out and do his own movie? Is instant replay helping? What are your thoughts, Cheese? A R. Just take a line from you, boss. Stinks. Mm. And for those for those that don't know, VOR is video assistant referee uh, in football, soccer, Premier League, uh, German Bundesliga across the world. And <coughs> what it does is it, it helps the referees if an offside decision or a handball decision in the box or a penalty decision when there's a foul. It's been in the Premier League started last season, so almost two seasons in, and it's just controversy after controversy and it's just absolute trash. And in my opinion, I think it can be saved, but they need to change the way they do it. Like at the moment, there's the ref or the video assistant referee who's in a booth in Stockley Park, which is out of West London, absolute shithole. Um, they watch the replay of a tackle 50 times in slow-mo. Anything that anyone does in slow-mo and you watch it 50 times is going to be a foul. What they need to do is, for my opinion, three different camera camera angles. Watch one at each angle once in full speed. And if you can't change, if, you, if your decision doesn't change from what the ref on the pitch gave, stay it as, keep it as is. Don't, don't, don't change the decision. And then... For the offside rule, they need to give some benefit of the doubt or leeway to the attacker. So whether it's a five-centimetre leeway or something along those lines because there was a, an instance a couple of weeks ago where VAR didn't have a camera angle that could determine whether it was offside or not on offside. Yeah. So they don't have enough cameras. So there has to be a five-centimetre leeway to the, uh, the attacker to be called onside because we, I don't trust the system. I don't trust. Why, the why can't they just do what they do in the AFL, where it's like if it's not clear and obvious, it's play on. I don't know. It's I quite like that in the AFL. Mm. It's like whatever the goal umpire calls, if you can't obviously see or very clearly see that it's touched a hand or that it's grazed the post or whatever it is, it's whatever the original call was. I think they. I think they do have that 
from time to time with i.e. this decision, uh, what I was saying before. But they're dealing in like millimetres and, millimeters. and fake, fake drawn lines. And it's, it's where I've, I've seen some that it like it's like on the back side of the shoulder and others like on the tip of the shoulder. And there's just too much margin for error. Unless on the angle that you see, you can quite, quite clearly see that the player is offside. Let it go. The essence of the game must prevail, and that's for players to score goals and things like that. To hold back based on an imaginary line that's drawn that's from an angle that's not quite right. And, and to go back on like the, the foul situation, I the video ref sitting in a booth watching that foul in slow-mo, the, the whole concept of VAR is to take the decision away from an individual but all it's actually doing is taking the decision away from the individual who's the ref on the field and is like involved in the game, knows the tempo, knows the speed of the game, knows like the aggro and the players talking to a guy, as I said, sitting in a booth in shitty West London. Not West but London's beautiful, but out of West London. Um, who doesn't know the feeling of the game and just watches the replay 50 times. It's, right. it's crap. But maybe like... I also think like bad refereeing decisions made in the heat of the game create debate post-game which is good, you know, it gives fans something to talk about and we were, we were robbed and all this sort of stuff, right? But yeah, that's the question. And that's been, that's been in the history of sports, you know, that's, that's fueled discussion midweek after games and things like that. It becomes stale. Like they, they talk about, you know, you hear some uh, interviews from players and things like that, that the, the passion and excitement they get from scoring a goal has like, been taken away because they don't know whether the goals stand or not. Mm. Mate, there was, there was a game I went to... It would have been early last season, or was it, yeah, early last season because it was Spurs against Spurs against Sheffield United. There was a three and a half minute delay after Sheffield United scored to determine whether it was offside or not. Thank the Lord it was offside. But <laughs> as a fan, and, and and as a fan in the stadium, you don't know what they're checking either. Like it's not like okay, this is the foul, here's a replay, or this is that, this is this. That's just on the board. It just says VAR. Mm. And so you have no idea what's going on. You're literally just sitting there twiddling your thumbs. It takes all the energy, all the emotion, all the passion out of it, and it's it's crap. Well, I, well, it's a consensus. It's not good for the game. Sorry, I went on. Horrible for the game. So next one is steroid. Uh, are steroid users should they be in the hall of fame? No. I I said no as well. Um, but then, however, also said. And, and this is probably impossible to trace or track or find out. Um, but potentially for the period of time where they were caught cheating, and obviously we don't know, they might have been using their whole career, who knows. But the period of time they were caught cheating and known to be cheating, do you remove those stats? And therefore their career to potentially get in the Hall of Fame goes from being a 10-year career and X touchdowns, receiving yards, whatever it might be, to a seven-year career. And no, therefore, because it encourages people to, to do it and hopefully not get caught. I completely agree with the note, but I just wanted to raise a difference. So the question is, does Julian Edelman get in the Hall of Fame now? Is he, he known? Was he doping? Dope, yeah. He had four-week suspension before he won the Super Bowl. Was that steroids or was that yeah. just like a, yes. a, a different... Absolutely steroids. No. Yeah, I'd say no. Okay. Obviously, they, they don't... They don't um, the NFL don't value that as much as we do, right? When you're only getting a four-week four suspension. suspension. Yeah. Let's stand it. Shane Warne got a, a whole year out of cricket for taking it, a diuretic. Yeah, yeah, it's because the like difference Warnie's is... The, yeah. N- <laughs> the NFL, um, their drug systems run by themselves. So essentially they can pick and choose the punishments for the players, whereas 
like AFL. But obviously doping's so bad in the NFL that, you know, it's become everyday part well, of life. It's pretty smart though. Like if you're in the NFL and your commercial product relies on good players being in the league, do you really want to suspend Julian Allen for two years? You want your best players on the track. Yeah, but if you set the standard, then no one else does it. Well, that's the standard, four weeks. Yeah, well, that's why they all do it. <laughs> anyway, now, number 10. Yep. Who's the next iconic athlete, in your opinion, Cheese? I initially wrote down the Greek basketball player who plays for the Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks. He's an MVP winner. Yeah, yeah. No, Two times. No. <laughs> <laughs> But I couldn't pronounce his name, so I moved on. And, and yeah, now, and now you moved on. He's already, he's already, he's Europe's biggest uh, now basketball export. Now, now, it probably, now it probably sounds like I'm going to get shot down from my actual choice as well. I went with um, win here. I went with Kylian Mbappe, and I know. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> okay, hang on, hang on. I would not say he's iconic yet. He's a superstar, and I've written he's, down my notes. He is he's Nike's biggest export. In Hang on, let him finish. Let him finish. Go on, Cheese. Tell us. Him and him and Neymar. Neymar sponsored by Puma. Is he? Yeah. Well, he was Nike originally. Go on, Cheese. Tell Catch us up. why. For me, I, I'm not debating that he's not a superstar already, but it's still Ronaldo and Messi. It's still Ronaldo and Messi, and, and Neymar's probably the third player. Once no, Ronaldo and Messi Mbappe. retire. Mbappe will shoot to the stars. He will be. He will overtake Ronaldo. He will maybe not as a player, but in regards to social media following. Once Ronaldo is pushed to the, I don't know the back benches for a little bit, Mbappe will come come big. Horrible, Josh. Horrible call. I had um, Justin Herbert Who? from the LA Chargers. Who's that? That's he's being nasty now. Yeah, um, I know. Continue. I know. So the reason why I have Justin Herbert, and he's just finished his first year in the NFL, offensive rookie of the year, was he? Not sure. Uh, Not sure. I think he was. I think he was, yeah, because yeah. there was calls to give it to um, Jefferson, the receiver mm. from Vikings, but I'm pretty sure Herbert but, got it. But anyway, he, he had a great year, showed a lot of talent, and there are a few conditions around him as a, as a person as to why I feel like he'll be the next Correct, Josh. superstar in the NFL. Firstly, he plays in L.A., which is the glitz, glitz and glamour of the NFL in that brand new stadium. And I feel like he's just just on the pathway to becoming the NFL's next poster boy. He's also a, he's a rooster. Mm. He's a good-looking fellow. Not after he had his haircut. Well, I haven't seen that, but anyway. And he, and he can play. You know, he's got, he's got a lot of ability. I think, you know, the Chargers are an improving team. And I think if he can get a Super Bowl under his belt, he could be, you know, the face of the NFL. And he so, absolutely slings it. So, what I like so about you him. you think he will, and this comes back to my point that I said before about Mbappe. You think Herbert will overtake Mahomes as the face of the NFL in the next ten years? I'm not sure your point. I'm going to go next with iconic football player or oh, next iconic sports person to be. He's iconic. had one year. Kick yeah, Mbappe's my, my point is like, to be iconic. The boot in the to be iconic, he's going to have to be a better player than Mahomes and overtake Mahomes as. The face of the NFL, and that was Jeez, my point. The whole segment is next iconic athlete. So yes, they're going to have to overtake someone. Mahomes is like two years older you than just him. award the. Point I'm going to have to go with Josh here, just purely because Mbappe, in my opinion, is already iconic. You're talking nonsense. So Josh wins that one. My point is, I don't think Herbert will become iconic because he's going to be stuck behind Mahomes the whole time. <laughs> it's, it's time to mute him. I've got, I've got one bonus thing which you blokes weren't aware of, which I think will be an interesting one. Who? 
Which horse is better, Winx or Black Caviar? Ooh. My girl on the wall, Black Caviar. Cheese has probably got the inside knowledge on this one. Uh, Well, obviously, Caviar... Your opinion, Cheese. I don't want to hear about both of them. I want to hear... Caviar never lost. 25 and zip, never lost. Came up against um, another sprinter called Haylist in her prime. He was in his prime as well. If Caviar wasn't there, Haylist would have been renowned as one of, if not the best sprinters of all time. He was an absolute superstar. So back in the day when it was was fantastic, easy money, easy pickings. When Caviar wasn't running and Haylist was running, just put all your cash on him because he was going to win. And I think that's pretty – and obviously Winx came up against a lot of good horses as well. But – to go 25 and zip, went over to Royal Ascot where it's renowned as being the best racing in the world and still somehow got the victory despite having uh, torn basically every muscle in her rear, in her hind or whatever they call it, her rump. Um, and 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 the jockey Luke Nolan pulling up 10 hey, metres before the finish line and she still got the victory. To me that's – I'm, I'm very biased but that to me is just – Incredible. Anything yeah. to add, Joshy? No, I, I tend to agree with Cheese. I think that whilst Winx was an out-and-out superstar, um, I think Winx was also fortunate that um, it ran in a lot of the like more signature races in Australia, your Cox Plates and things like that, um, whereas with Black Caviar, it was just purely a sprinter. And I, I wouldn't know what, what's the biggest sprinter race in, or well, now it's probably the Everest. But, yeah, um, yeah, it would have been... Would have been the um, well, the her, her race, Black Caviar, whatever it is, in Lightning Stakes, Lightning Stakes, yeah, in February. Yeah. Or there would, there's, there's there's one in the spring on the on the Saturday. It's just e- e- me either by, way. Yeah. Bas- basically, the races that Black Caviar ran in aren't as like um, you know up there on the pedestal as the best best races in Australia, which is you know what Winks Winks wasn't a stay, so it wasn't a Melbourne Cup. Yeah. Top horse, but um, you know your Cox plates and Queen Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeths, and things like that. Um, are the reason why you know it captivated captivated the nation. Yeah, and I think that's why. Say if she was an English horse, caviar. There, she'll be more highly regarded for that reason. Like they do love the longer races, but generally the longer races over hurdles. Uh, whereas they like the sprinting races. Whereas here, I think we're a middle distance to long distance. Lover affair because obviously the Melbourne Cup's our main race, mm. uh, but that's yeah nothing to take a, take away from Winks. She was also an absolute superstar. Well, Just before good. we uh, move on to the next little segment, Boz, mm. our listeners remember the last pod we did. We did the uh, top five Premier League strikers of all time. Mm-hmm. The Premier League only an hour ago have actually just started up their own um, Hall of Fame, and the first two inductees they must have been listening to the show. Alan Shearer. Tick. And Thierry Henry. Ooh, tick. <laughs> Top two. One, two. Well done, Josh. So we got that one right, I think. There we are. One for the pod. One for the bad guys. You've done well. You've done well. The bad yep. guys. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that, fellas. It was a good debate. I think Josh won that one, but... Um, I got four in a row. For next time. For next time. Now, we're going to do uh, a bit interactive stuff now. We want to do multi of the week. So, Josh, you want to hit us up with your multi of the week? I do. Yes. So, my multi paying $25.66 through Sportsbet. Starting off your week right with West Coast winning head-to-head against Fremantle in the derby. They call it the derby, yeah. Uh, derby. Whatever it is. 
And then Tom Lynch, Thursday night or Friday night? It's Friday night. Friday night. Two or more goals. I think he um, He's due. had a quiet week last week. Don't rate the Bulldogs' key defenders. No. And I think Tom Lynch will probably get off the chain a little bit and kick more than two. Then I've gone over to the US. Um, I think the Heat will get it done against Chicago Bulls head-to-head. And then back to the UK with Leicester winning, Chelsea winning, and then a draw between United and Liverpool. Jeez. Nice. Okay. Nice. Cheese. So mine is a, a six-leg multi as well. Uh, and if you use the power play, if you've still got that as an option in your sports bet, it's thirty-five twenty-seven. So for a $20 outlay, you're looking at over 700 return. Mm. Um, I'm going to start with just a head-to-head. The Bulldogs to beat Richmond mm-hmm. on Friday night. Then I'm going to go Hawthorne to beat St Kilda. Oh, no. St. Kilda, you just poured your money down the St. drain. St Kilda in all sorts, and the Hawks are on a winning streak of one. Um, then I'm going to go – I'm looking for value here, so I'm going to go Brisbane over Port Adelaide okay. in Brisbane. So that's where I've come with that. Lockie Neal's just gone down for two ones. Yeah, Hugh McCluggage will step up. And then over – because the European correspondent segment got canned this week, I'm going to roll over to the UK as well and, and put a few Premier League um, legs in. I've got Leicester to beat Crystal Palace – and I've got so that's that's actually tomorrow or the day after. Then I've got on the weekend Man City to beat Crystal Palace. Poor Crystal Palace. Roy Hodgson might get the sack. Uh, and then Everton to beat Aston Villa on the weekend. As that's paying thirty five dollars. Okay, I've gone with just a, a nine league AFL multi this week. So try and pick every game this week. Head I, didn't, to head. I didn't bring my sleeping bag, mate. So I've got doggies to beat Richmond. <laughs> I'm a Richmond supporter, obviously, but I think with our injuries, I think the doggies will tail us up. Collingwood to beat Gold Coast, Adelaide to beat GWS, Hawthorne to beat St Kilda, Port Adelaide to beat Brisbane, got Geelong to beat uh, Sydney, Melbourne to beat North Melbourne, obviously. North Melbourne's Just that would add a log lot to the the kitty. (laughs) $1.02. God, they stink. So then we got Essendon to beat Carlton. Sorry, Josh. And I got West Coast to bounce back to beat Frio. Now that's paying a power play. It's paying one hundred and twenty-six to one. So well, no wonder little five, do do you, little do five dollar bet gets you about just over six hundred bucks. Do you um do footy tipping? No. Have you ever tipped nine? Well, it's five dollar outlay cheese, so some of them might be good. No, I'm all more for it, boss. So that's mine. I like it. So we'll, sure we'll, like we'll report we'll back next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll back keep next track week. of that and we'll, we'll come back. Now, the, the, the listeners' favourite segment is the pod tasting. Now, Cheese has brought, um, brought us uh, in a beer today, or what are we talking? Yeah, so today we're, we're rolling with uh, Mist, it's a beer from Mr. Banks Brewing Company, uh, which, if you need to contact them, uh, located in actual, it's a local beer. So, uh, Seaford, uh, Victoria. Good part of town. Yeah. It's a uh, West Coast IPA. So it's um, – me personally, I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, it's got a bit of a, a bit of a tang to it. Um, so those who sort of like a plain beer, maybe try it, but you might not like it. Um, but it's just got a bit of bite to it. It's good. It, it go, rolls down the throat very nicely. Um, flowing on from that, I'd also just like to just give a quick plug to new friends of the show, Sellers Bentley. Uh, located on Centre Road in Bentley. Please, please duck in there. They're recently opened. Uh, speak to the owner-operator, Paul. Um, they have 
over 500 craft beers to choose from. Um, the, the fridges just kept going and going. Also a, a wide array of uh, nice reds and whites as well. What an establishment. Great, great 500 place. 500 craft beers. 500 craft beers. A lot of them locally sourced. Uh, then a few overseas beers as well. But no, it's, it's a beautiful place, so please. Why would you shop anywhere else? You wouldn't. Good looking can too. The Mr. Banks can is a good looking can. Good yeah, looking yeah. can. Geez, they're going to look after us for a lot of the pod tastings, aren't they? Please, yeah, yeah. please duck in to see Paul and Sal- Salas Bentley. We'll, um, we'll put the can of Mr. Banks Brewing Co., the West Coast IPA, up on the socials and, and some details maybe around Salas Bentley as well. All right, it's time, boys. Legend of the week. Favourite time of Who's the week. Who's coming in? I've got to get one this week. Obviously, I've, I've um, you know, I've had a couple of wins in this department. So, just to make it fairer on the two of you, mm-hmm. oh, where would you go. like me to go? You can go first. You, you sure? Yep. There could be no coming back you, from it. Cheese me. Okay. Bozzy's Bozzy's thinks he's on here. I've got some visuals today too. Well, it doesn't you know, help our listeners. Not, you're not showing that broken leg again. <laughs> I'll no. throw up. Go on, Josh. So, my legend this week. Tough for me to say, actually. Um, I have this bloke inducted into the stable, considering my somewhat allegiance to another team. But just some rough stats around this guy or some achievements that he's done. So recently he helped shape government policy reform that guaranteed £1.7 million... Pounds Sorry, 1.7 million children access to vital food sources during the pandemic. Yeah, I know who it is. He also raised more than 20 million pounds for a company called Fair Share. And then he's also, just this week, launched his own cooking show to help families get the most out of their limited food access. So he's doing a lot for the community. Mm, Sounds like a nice guy. Little side stat as well. Leeds Europe, Europe's top five leagues. A nutmegs. Love a nutmeg. Okay. Marcus Rashford. Yeah. He um He knows Josh knows his audience, by the way. He knows his audience. <laughs> I you. Yeah. You're a sucker. Oh, what a guy. <laughs> he um What a guy though. Twenty three years old. During during like the harshest of lockdowns last year, um, start of winter when there was kids obviously weren't able to go to school uh, across the UK. Um, they have a thing over there, basically, if your family aren't well off enough, you get a free school meal. And he campaigned and campaigned because kids weren't going to school and the government weren't going to give the funds or uh, access to these kids to eat. And a lot of them would not eat if they didn't go to school. Mm. So he campaigned, campaigned, campaigned and basically made uh, PM Boris Johnson do a backflip and, and force the government to fund the meals I don't know exactly how it was run, whether it was like I the meals got delivered to their house or they had to go like to a pickup collection spot or whatever, but that was all because of Marcus Rashford. And I think he's now... What a guy. I think it's called an OBE, an Order of the British Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, so Liz got a tap on the shoulder from Liz and said, you've done some done some good work here. Um, he's also done a lot of work to eradicate racism in yep. the game as yep. well. Yep. Mm. Yep. Good guy. A guy. Okay, good call. Cheers. So, so mine... Is I know I'm already going to get shot down, uh, but I just wanted oh, to, oh to m- mention the name. <laughs> Should we just cut you from this segment? I've already uh, I've got one on the board. Boz doesn't have on. one on the board. Come on. So mine is Ryan Mason. Oh, oh no! I don't know who that is. <laughs> He's the guy who just lost a cup final in his first game. Second game. <laughs> <laughs> one, 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 his first game on uh, 
Wednesday night, Thursday morning our time against Southampton. Thank you very much. So a little bit about Ryan's story. He was a graduate, or went through the Spurs Academy. I think he started there when he was uh, eight or nine. Um, went through the whole academy, graduated to the first team, made, I think, 70 to 80 first-team appearances, made an appearance for England as well. And unfortunately... Yeah, he did, yeah. As in the full senior team? The full senior team. One, I think it was only one appearance, but made that appearance. Who uh, did they so play? Probably San Marino. Who Must have been Macedonia <laughs> or something like that. Um, How did he get in the England squad? Sure it wasn't like under 16s or something? He, he scrolled had, down Wikipedia for that. He had one good season. Um, but my point is, it's not about his... Uh, not his playing ability as such. Why is he a legend? Um, Tell me why. Because at the age of 26, unfortunately, the guy... In a footballer's prime, as we all know, was forced to retire due to a fractured skull. So he went up for a header and the opposition player, they clashed heads and obviously he came off second best, had a fractured skull and so therefore wasn't sure if he was actually going to be able to walk again or move again. Um, He's playing the violin. Managed to come back from that. Um, I wish I had a violin button. He... I think... A couple of years ago, he started off in yeah, the Spurs Youth Academy uh, as a coach. And, and since uh, Jose's firing or sacking Jose out um, last week, he, he's been named the interim manager of, of Spurs for the remaining, remainder of the season. So I think it's six or seven games. Yes, he may have lost overnight, which I was really hoping when I thought of this that they would win because that would give me another leg up, but they didn't. Uh, but I think just a great effort. Like 29 out there managing a Premier League club. Half the players are older than him. Um and just respect coming back from a, uh, a serious, serious injury like that. Boz can't even get on the field because his hamstrings are a little bit tight, let alone pulled. Clutching his drills yeah. here. You're making some enemies here, Chase. Yeah. So anyway, we'll move on from that. Thank you for your cheese. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. I was actually going to say Steph Curry. Well, 83, 83 three-pointers in the month of April. Never, never been done in the AF. I was the going to be. He, he scored 18 the other day. I was like, well, right anyway, anyway, so give us my, what you've got. My one this week. He's an 18-year-old. They call the ginger assassin. Assassin, <laughs> Anthony Newer, in the in the U.S. Open semi-final for bowling, became the first person in 30 years to convert a seven to ten split. Now, for the viewers at home and the listeners at home that don't know what that means, it basically happens when a bowler's first roll knocks eight of the ten pins down, leaving only two in the back row of the pyramid on opposite sides of the line. Basically, he hit the pin with such force that it flew into the back of the wall, rebounding to the other pin. And some saying this is the greatest moment in bowling history. We'll just roll the tape here for the fellas so they can get an idea on what this is like. That's the first bowl. Okay. That's the first bowl. 18-year-old, okay. Ginger Ninja. Oh, yeah. Gets his second one here. Real, 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 real Malay going on here the back go. there as for well. For the viewers, he's just bowled his first bowl. Seven to ten split. That's sort of like a Ryan Mason. If you're any good, you would there have we go. struck. There it is. He's done it. And um, I actually believe. Wake me, wake me up. I am um, kidding. I may have. That's sh- one of the greatest feats in bowling history. I think I may have shared this with the Legend Factory Fod, uh, Legend Factory Fod, oh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and clearly got no take up, and Bowls has just run with it. What's that? I do remember that actually. I, I shared this video and not about mm. the seven ten Pla- plagiarized. Yeah. Did you claim him as a legend? I didn't think no, so. No, no, yeah. no. But my, my point was more about the commentators going absolutely bananas. Oh, please. Um, Move on. I think you've So what are we going with this week? Some of cheese work. So Cheese, 
it's clearly not you this week. So you got to pick out of us two. That seems to be a, re- a refer. <laughs> <laughs> it's not our fault. It's not our fault. <laughs> You've got a bloke who's had a mediocre career into already mediocre managerial career. So who I, are we going I, with? I would say Marcus Rashford has had a mediocre career. Cheese. Are we going with the ginger assassin or are we going with Marcus Rashford? He's had a profound impact on life. Yeah. Ryan Mason's had a profound Jeez. impact on people who Forget. may get injured early, Forget. who can then succeed in other career adventures. You're, you're boring the listeners. Who do you pick? Ginger Assassin. Yeah. <laughs> Only because you didn't want me to He's done it. I, I shared, it. Just, I shared it with the group two weeks ago. I liked one. it. Is this the one? Uh, <laughs> I, I shared it with the group two weeks ago. I was all about that, and no one got around me. So oh, there we go. Up. Have a heart, the two of you. The things that Marcus does in the community. Well, that's Move on. That's the pod, boys. Balls gets one in. Happy with that. Thanks for coming. Charity. About time. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, Joshy. See you next week. See, right, you, boys. see you guys. Bye.